0: that is a really good shout yeah. room, Velvet Revolver I love the name of the band as well that's yeah, a cool it's a, name it was a cool band yeah. Rose's yeah. Velvet Revolver is kind of yeah. what's the next band name going to be that slashes in they're going to be something like um, <laughs> Corduroy Rifle Corduroy Rifle Greetings! Welcome back to the Guitar Smart Podcast. If you're an everyday gigging guitarist, this is the podcast for you. This week, Kieran and myself are continuing on from the previous episode where we talked about our favourite classic rock guitar riffs from way back when. This time we're talking about the riffs from more recent history that we think will become the classic guitar riffs of the future. As usual, there's a Spotify playlist to these tracks that you can find in the link tree in the description of this podcast so you can listen along to the show. Housekeeping, remember to like and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred podcast app. Why? Because you'll get alerts when a new podcast is released, and that means you won't miss another show. If you've already liked and subscribed and listened to us regularly, then use the link tree in the description of this show to leave us a rating or a review. This is the best way to support us and it helps us to grow. Use the links in the link tree to get to our social media pages too, links to our Buy Me a Coffee page if you do feel generous, and links to some of our Spotify playlists, including the new one from today. Come and see us on the social media pages and And especially come and join us on the Guitar Geek Hangout page on Facebook, where you can interact with Kieran and myself and many other of the podcast listeners. We get talking about all kinds of geeky things there, so don't miss it. Anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get to it. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Mate,
1: I'm good. I'm really good. Are we we talking about it? Are we talking about the event? The event? Yeah. I don't know how you'd feel about it. I feel good. (laughs) Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Matthew Oliver.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the big four zero. You know what, actually? Wow. Um, a week ago, I was freaking out about it. I don't know why. I just had like this existential kind of anxiety <laughs> of about turning 40. And like, I was thinking, I was 20 when I moved down south. That's now, yeah. you know, I've now had half my adult life, well, my entire adult life pretty much yeah. you know, d- down south, not up north. And, and not that that matters. But I just had this kind of, I had this like about, for about a week, just like, I don't want to turn 40. This is just, I'm not ready for it. It means something more than I'm I'm able to cope with right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, I'm shaking up my teeth. It's just that concept, that yeah. you can stop it from happening. Yeah, no, I don't, exactly, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't want, just, I don't want uh, this to
0: happen. It, this can't happen. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I just kind of freaked out about it, and then like, literally probably the day before my birthday or a couple of days, I was just like, oh, actually, I really can't wait for my birthday now. Yeah. i going to have a really good day. I've got a couple of days off. I'm going to chill out. Oh, you know, nice. and, you know, really have a nice. You know, chill out with Lucy and just, um, you know, enjoy just uh, relaxing, really enjoy my birthday, and it's been brilliant, and I, I feel totally great. About, I don't know whether this is denial or anything, actually I've yeah. not analyzed it that much yet, but <laughs> But yeah, no, feeling really good man. Feeling good.
1: It is but a number, my friend. And yeah. uh, you've you've kept your youthful looks, you've kept yeah. all your hair. I yeah. mean, you know, that that's <laughs> does- <laughs>
0: That, that, that's all that's all that matters really Well, that's, it, that's true i do have, well, I'm very lucky hey look at one of the presents my wife got me many wonderful things did um, she but look at this she got me a book um called <laughs> So it's on track. <laughs> it's, it's a book called Toto. Every, or is it every, uh, every album, every song. And it's fantastic. basically, it's basically like a, a book that, you know, talks in great detail about every album and every song. And I, oh I can't God. wait to get stuck into this.
1: this like it's it's, If you needed any more encouragement to bring, bring Toto into every podcast. Now you have a reference library tool to, to, to Just find
0: a, it. Everything. Fe- to everything.
1: Everything. Maybe that's the best book ever. I've just screenshotted that so our, our listeners can, <laughs>
0: can see it on social media. <laughs> just like... Yeah, wow. good, good show. Good Who show. even knew such a book existed? Well, this is the this well, this is why, you know, she surprises me all the time with things. She's like good, this, your wife. actually, She's good. Uh, yeah, she's very good at things like that. Oh, and she's I treated good. myself to something as well. Did you? Yeah. Check this out. Hello.
1: Hello, what's this? Hello? <gasps> what? That's this an old from, school
0: yeah. This is from 1993 This is a Digitech RP1 I remember multi- This is basically those. like the Helix of the early 90s <sighs> And it's got a sticker on the back that says September 93 They came out in 93 Wow So this is one of the original Digitech RP1 um, Multi FX units It sounds so good It sounds so Does it, I was going to say if you plugged it in? And, <laughs> oh, yeah 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 Absolutely I so, got it for like 40 wow. quid off reverb Wow um, Incredible Incredible man, I just, I've been keeping my eye out for one for years and sometimes they come up and often they come up for sale as not working or just like too expensive you know 200 quid they were 500 pounds brand new back in wow. 93. Okay, that's a lot of money back in Which must be equivalent to like Helix money now, you know, maybe a grand, grand and a half, something e- like that. Exactly, exactly, easily, um, yeah. And I got it for like 40 quid, and I've played it stereo out through my Helix so that I can pretend that it's going into the front end of two different amps, and then listen to it stereo. And oh, it just, that's just
1: blown my mind now. Hold on a minute. So you've, you've run this into your Helix?
0: Into the Helix, yeah, because the Helix can take amp. multiple inputs. Yeah, 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 amazing. Yeah. So then in the Helix, helix i've got two different chains one is a now what both are like one i set up as like a fender reverb like um fender uh twin and then another one is like a vox ac30 just to kind yeah. of have as if i'd got two different amps stereo behind me i'm trying to yeah. kind of simulate having some backline, yeah you know and i've turned up to a gig with the digitech and then just <clears throat> usb out of the helix into the computer so I could record it or listen to it. Um, and it just sounds so good. Some of the, the the distortion effects are very 80s, you know, very 90s and 80s, as in they don't particularly sound really great, but it is all mm-hmm. analog. So it is like, it's proper analog effects and analog distortions and overdrives and analog EQ. And then when it gets to the reverb and the delay, that's when it's digital. Um, but man, like the compression and the chorus, and the reverb and delay is so—it's like Toto, the seventh one in a box. It's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over the moon with it, mate. I really, it's really great. But that was a little treat to myself before my birthday, oh, mate. And actually, now I've um, nice. now I've opened some cards and things like that. I do have some cash to spend. I don't know what to spend hey. on. So to treat myself to something else at some point.
1: Oh well, indeed, yeah. in, indeed you should. <laughs> and uh, yes. Uh, well, I won't. I won't say too much, but uh, we we will we'll be celebrating your fortieth birthday throughout this year. I have some. I have some plans, and I have some ideas. Ah, so, yeah, <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> it, yeah, absolutely, it is a momentous occasion to be marked appropriately. I feel, and uh, it shouldn't shouldn't simply be Fantastic. for one day. I think we should. I think we should make this year <laughs> about your birthday, <laughs> so that when you turn forty one, then you really will. Feel shit because then you'll have gone. Oh well, that's it now. <laughs> everything, everything happened last year, <laughs> so we'll just do some cool stuff this year. Oh mate I'm so glad you had a lovely birthday.
0: Anyway, how are you? Anyway, Karen, what's new with you? Are you well? Yeah, it's good. Well, it's
1: not been my birthday for for, <laughs> for a while now, and I'm considerably older <laughs> than you. So, um, so yeah, I don't have anything to look forward to when it comes to birthdays anymore. Apart from, uh, well, I was going to say cake, but yeah, now I'm trying to be healthy now, so I'm not even eating cake but what has been going on in my world apart from no birthdays that's a really good question uh i've been back out with work and attending you know meetings with people face to face going on business trips staying in hotels again all of that kind of stuff which was par for the course prior to covid but haven't really been doing for the last couple of years so that's that's been good work has been full-on and busy um Guitar-wise, what have I been doing? Just stealing moments this week, actually. Do you know what? I'm feeling a little bit... Not in a rut, um, how we described it um, with you the other day. Just, but just feeling like there's so much else going on that I haven't had time to sit down and and do some serious playing. Um, mm-hmm. But I tell you what, I stayed up l- late last night um, watching just stuff on YouTube and just getting inspired by it and, mm. uh, and 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 equally like like just kind of scared and shocked. There's some incredible guitarists out there that just make you just go, oh <laughs> come on, man. So yeah, yeah. I w- w- watched a bunch of. Martin Miller stuff. Uh, I just love those sessions that he's doing. Oh man! Yeah, (laughs) I put it on the big screen with the big kind of surround sound system, and just immerse myself in a few of those tracks. And you just go, I just want to be in that room. Just, just even playing the triangle with them would be would be fun. Oh Um, man. Yeah, uh, I I watched uh, them do because all cover stuff that they're doing, but just, just, just in incredible, incredible way. So yeah, if you if if you guys haven't checked out Martin Miller and his kind of cohort of of musicians doing those sessions, just YouTube it. There's some incredible stuff, and he gets gets in guest artists and all that kind of stuff. yeah. yeah. Um so I watched some of that watched some Guthrie uh last oh. night as well. He he doesn't put that much on social media but when he does it just makes you go oh come on. He's just insane, just insane. Yeah. I just watched him I just watched him kind of jamming a version of Sting's Englishman in New York with this like sax player. Um, just ridiculous just ridiculous I mean nobody should should be that gifted on a guitar it's just not fair I mean you can just see him thinking in real time as he's playing which oh, of course
0: it's just bizarre isn't it don't you think it's like I think I don't think it's too mm. bad sorry yeah I just find it Guthrie Gavan is just it's almost like he's the Jedi of guitarists in a way do you know what I mean it's like it's it's not it's it's not like he doesn't come across as somebody who has practised his way to that level of ability he comes across as somebody who is just supremely gifted, gifted do you know what I mean? It's like you see some guitarists and you know they've worked hard but he just seems to be it's, it's almost like his capabilities are just boundless and it's of no effort to him at all mm. to go deep in anything it's, whether it's a particular style of playing, whether it's a particular scale whether it's rhythm, whether it's you know knowledge theory or anything like that. And sometimes as well, there's some good videos of him playing online with other guitarists, that, you yeah. know, like John Petrucci and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And to see people who are also incredible guitarists react to his playing in a way that you know you would react, like you and I would react to somebody, yeah, is astounding. That yeah. you know, he, I'm not sure there's anybody better yeah. than Guthrie Govan. I mean, you know, that the, the other people will move you with their music and stuff. And I'm not saying that he's like that, but yeah, from a, from a capability point of yeah. view and from being able to watch somebody who I'd love to see him gig with Martin Miller's session band you know <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, he's just something else, isn't he? Just absolutely brilliant. Oh, mate, we've still got some some,
1: some bad internet issues going on. I, I don't think, I th- it's no, it's, I think it's my end.
0: I think it's my end. I think it's my end, because I have this rework. Should hopefully be better, fingers crossed. I think this is, because, anyway.
1: Yeah, that looks better. Anyway, let's <laughs> see how funny. we get on. You're unfrozen. You're unfrozen. Sorry, mate, that one's going to require a bit of chopping, a bit of, a bit of tweaking. Yeah, no, it's, it's easy. It's, it's easy,
0: easy. Just it's chop easy. it out and yeah. push yeah. it all together. <laughs> nudge it nudge it together nudge it around right where should we drop in I could probably actually it's quite dangerous I could probably actually start chopping words out of everything you say and start making sentences that you've never said before and then send them to you just to freak you out you know like like Matt I'm going to give you all my guitars next week free of charge (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: we've got to keep this that's genius Uh, mate to be honest that that entirely sums up my, um, my my studio recording career, which is like <laughs> when I listen back to tracks that I've put down in the studio and I listen and I yeah. go, I've never played that ever. That That's about yeah. seven different excerpts of my playing yeah. like stitched together to make a solo <laughs> that doesn't have any bum notes. <laughs> hey,
0: you know I remember listening to a, uh, an interview with David Lee Roth. I think it was on the Joe Rogan podcast. and David Lee Roth right. was talking about Eddie Van Halen's method for writing guitar solos on the first oh, yeah. few albums. Joe Rogan was oh, talking
1: about Eddie Van Halen. Oh no, no, no sorry, I'm with, Joe- I'm with you. I'm
0: with you. I'm with you. I'm yeah, yeah. Devin Roth was I the guest, up. right? So yeah, yeah. Anyway. I, got, I caught up. So Demi like, like, wow. said what? Yeah. <laughs> what what Eddie would often do, he'd just record a whole bunch of solos. Like say they had like they were recording sixteen track or whatever, twenty four track. If they had like right. ten tracks left available for you yeah. know, he would record ten solos on these different yeah. tracks. And then what him yeah. and Don Landy, the producer, would often do, they'd go through and they would like move faders up and down really quickly or mute and unmute tracks so that the solo mm. was then actually made of snippets from multiple solos. So like the first five seconds of the solo might be the second solo he did and then they'd quickly move in for the fifth solo because that next section was good and you'd end up with this patchwork solo of all the best parts and then what he would do he'd go away and learn that solo that they just no way. <laughs> patch together, yeah. and then he'd record it as one take, so it actually sounded a bit yeah. more kind of homogenous, you know, and a bit more like one yeah. one real yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that was really clever, yeah, really clever yeah. way of doing it. Kind of improvise all these different things, find all the bits you like, use use the desk to actually yeah. kind of put it together, and then take it away and learn it as a complete works. And that, that's just the genius of Van Halen, man.
1: That is very clever. I guess I guess like most guitarists, take a couple of takes right on a on a guitar solo, For sure. and then. Okay. They'll either just go, right, I'll just pick the best one. Um, yeah. And that's that one. Or what they'll do is they'll go, okay, I like what I did there. I like what I did there. Right, let me try and incorporate all of those bits and figure out how to get from A to B to C to D to make it that yeah. homogenous thing. But that's the first time I've ever heard of someone like literally using the desk to do that and just going, yeah. right, lay it all down and then just let's keep listening back and let's edit you. edit Now go away and learn
0: that. <laughs> we snitched <laughs> it together. It. Now go and learn genius. that. Yeah, it's clever. just great. Efficient, efficient, very efficient. uh, What I like about it is they didn't just stay with the thing they'd pieced together. He, right. he, they pieced it together to something he liked the sound of it, and then he'd okay. go and recreate it as one thing yeah you know that that's yeah. that's the you know because when we recorded for Rodan I'm pretty certain like um, some of the solos we did in there like <laughs> some of mine I think are definitely <laughs> no, mine are. Take, no. pieced together <laughs> mine definitely are yeah.
1: there's, there's one lick in one song where I go there's no way I could physically get from there to there yeah like, how have, there, there's no way I could have done that and I just yeah. go oh yeah it We chopped two halves of my solo together. Uh, Sounds great, but then you listen back to it and you go, "What? (laughs) Amazing! Yeah, I must have (laughs) seventeen fingers on one hand to have made that that stretch and that adjustment." (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, singers do it with pro tools all the time. Why can't guitarists have a little bit? Exactly, that is true. That is
0: true. Why is there a? Yeah, no, it's not fair, is it? Anyway, well, anyway. Any, so no guitar news from you then, or? No, no, nothing. No guitar news, no,
1: no. um, Uh, oh well, uh, not my guitar news, but um, uh, someone we talk about a lot on the show, um, Damien uh, Lodrick yeah. had his his birthday. Um, Gosh, yeah, you got him that um, pedal, didn't you? Yeah, which he's loving. He's loving. He's actually put it on his board and taken off a number of drive and overdrive and distortion pedals instead, in, in instead, and and gone. This is this is working really well. Um, but uh, that's an, I, and, and, and I'm yet to hear 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 the pedal yet. But um, mm. he's been using it for the last couple of weeks for gigs but he's using it with his other uh birthday present uh oh, that he got. oh what's we- that well it is a brand new very beautiful Clapton Blackie Strat I know with the tweed case and the everything it, it, and the yeah it's stunning it's absolutely stunning um so yeah he's I know I know you're shaking your head and just I, I was just like oh I kind of want to tell you but then I don't want to tell you because it's just like oh. <laughs> You know, (laughs) do you know what I mean? So yeah, wow. somebody had a but his was a big big birthday. Okay, so yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well that's
0: think, fair enough then. Yeah, that's well, fair well, if it's a big, big birthday then. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: So there you go. But um yeah, that was from his good lady wife, so there you go. When wow. we get when we get when we get to that wise old age, then maybe our good lady wives will treat us to oh, Clapton sure. strat
0: as well. Well I gotta say, like going all the way back do you remember one of the very first podcasts we did was the mm. Desert Island thing. And, I like, remember my Desert Island guitar. I remember was yeah. a Clapton strat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but not any Clapton Strat. No, I, what no. I still want, eventually, I'd still, I, I have, this is a, you know, bucket list guitar for me. I yeah. want an original, yeah. uh, one of the first year, an 88 yeah. or an 87, Yeah. Um, pewter Strat, yes. you know, that gun yes. metal graded with the Lace Sensor pickups. I don't Lay's want sensors. the Fender Noiseless yeah. that, the, mm-hmm. that came in about 2000. It's yeah. got to be, it's got to be the Lace Sensor, an original Pewter yeah. Clapton yeah. Strat. Lay, yeah. just, the
1: Which most, you have uh, yeah. played, right? You played once, so, you borrowed it I off the for a friend for a depth gig or something and so you you know firsthand yeah, that this is, dream, this,
0: this is the oh, dream oh it fantastic it's fantastic mm, you mm. know it was just such a great guitar to play yeah and uh yeah fantastic instrument. so well I'm really just for demo if he's got one of those that's a fantastic guitar yeah but that might be the most versatile strat you can get I think
1: well I had a chance to uh, um so on his birthday um he set up in his garden a uh, uh, kind of uh, an incredible uh, stage uh, yeah. and and stuff for a band to play on and as you would expect for a for a, a muso's birthday party there was no mm. shortage, of, shortage of musicians at the at the birthday celebration <laughs> so it was just yeah. like just like the super jam night of all jam nights so oh, and, and so i got to i got to hear the strat with that 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 boost that rolls in and just how that works and yeah and it's killer it's it it it's amazing. versatile because of that just what yeah. you can what a- additional dynamics you can push just through the guitar it was great but yeah I'm excited because he um, messaged me last night to say it, it's it's come with 10 to 46 is on it which he's loving and it sounds great yeah but I know he normally plays 9s on a strat so he's like mm, maybe I'll put 9s on it the 10s sound amazing but maybe maybe I'll try 9s mm. on it just yeah so which means then I, I get to mess with it <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, bit I'm most excited yeah. about because I've like never said and uh, a yeah. uh, oh a uh, hybrid yeah yeah, yeah. 10, ten on the bottoms and nine on the tops. Yeah, hybrids might be nice, but yeah, I yeah. I'd quite, I'd quite fancy setting up one of those. One, seeing how it comes mm. fresh out of the, the the custom shop to see, yeah, is it? That's the point. Yeah, uh, how how have they set it up and and how could I tweak and improve upon it? So,
0: oh, well, the thing is with clapton strats as well is is the uh, your, your tremolo is all blocked off, isn't it? So you're it not worrying blocked. about balancing <clears throat> trem no. trem or anything no, like that,
1: which is great. Which is yeah. simple. Yeah, nice and easy. It's all it, it comes pre-blocked. It comes with a trem arm. And and all the springs and all of that, if you want to uh, yeah. de engineer it, but yes, it is literally blocked off with a,
0: with a block of wood in mm. the back. Mm. Yeah. And Clapton doesn't really play anything different, does he? It's nope. not like it's a signature, but he plays something. I mean, well, uh, Clapton, I think, plays custom shop Todd Krause made, Todd yes. Krause made Clapton yeah. Strats, but they're still the same yeah. spec as your off the shelf Clapton yeah. Strat. There's nothing different, it's still the same colors exactly. and stuff exactly. like that. <laughs>
1: exactly exactly yeah so yeah so that's all that's been going on with me guitar wise um still waiting for a pedal to turn up for me that mm-hmm. the one that i ordered that i talked to you about last time yeah. but that's that's due sometime this month so that's all good That'll be yeah great. i've been doing a doing a little bit of research into these jet guitars that we spoke about last time of trying course, to figure yeah. out whether i want to just get one of those as a fun project for modding and stuff like that but um but yeah nothing nothing major and then getting re- ready for some some new gigs that we've got coming up in the autumn and winter season so in the lead up to Christmas and things and also trying to get some new songs into the set list mm-hmm. um, just just because that's a fun thing to do to keep things fresh and alive and yeah rehearsing a few of those trying to get a band rehearsal in the diary and then yeah next gig isn't isn't for another couple of weeks so um, yeah, yeah that's awesome. it that's it mate oh and listening to loads of stuff for the topic of today's podcast to try and narrow down yeah i know narrow down this list
0: so let's let's start on that that's a great segue by the way um congratulations <laughs> thank you <laughs> of no sorry to interrupt this conversation however if you have made it this far you should definitely subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app go and do that now and then come right back i'll wait here welcome back so yeah so so this week we're talking we're, we're kind of following on from our last conversation where we were speaking about the top 10 uh, top each of our top 10 riffs from you know way back when just classic guitar riffs you know when we think about classic guitarists, we're thinking about classic rock and it got us thinking about what are the riffs from maybe the last 20 years from post 2000 you know or from around that time onwards that are going to be the modern classic riffs that in 20 years time somebody else is going to be having another podcast about classic guitar Riffs and the you know what are, going, what are going what's going to be on that list exactly you know in the future you know so not just stuff that's good now but stuff that i think you know that we think is going to be referred back and revered um from from people in the future um,
1: yeah exactly that would stand the test of time how did you yeah. find
0: it how did you find this exercise versus oh, more difficult more mm. difficult for sure because of my mm. musical tests and i uh, kind of i tend to listen to more stuff from before this kind of you know this kind of time you know so from like, we said kind of year 2000 onwards and most of we my did, listening is did. pre-2000, even now, you know, not all of it. Some of, some, some of my stuff I love as well is afterwards, but right. it's it's not as kind of fruitful a, um, you know, endeavour <laughs> for me to kind of find, uh, find this, stuff. but I've got a good list of stuff. I've got a good list of about 15 tracks maybe. and oh, okay. You've 10. done well. You've done well. I think so. I think yeah. so. And again, some of them I think are fairly obvious choices. Okay. And some of them I think, you know, these are things that I really um, really love as well which may be yeah. less obvious so similar yeah. to last time it's kind of yeah. a bit of a personal story there <laughs> as well as stuff that I think is important to you know record but what yeah. about you How you find this difficult too
1: uh, I, I, I definitely did find it more difficult yeah, yeah. and and like you it um, showed me that most of the things that I listen to are, are pre, pre-millennium but yeah
0: um,
1: the, I, there was and I also find it I found it more difficult to come up with ones that were were like I had my own story behind them Mm. right because obviously you know they're they're newer so they're not necessarily all bookmarks in my own life as to why I think they're a great riff so it kind of forced me then to go okay is this a is this in of itself a great riff that will stand the test of time but I got there I got my 10 um and i'm 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 pleased with them i think there's some, i think there's some great riffs in there and it's and it's quite exciting that there's still great riffs being written you know mm. in 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 this day and age um so yeah yeah i've got my list i've got my list that's and fantastic. it means it means we get another spotify playlist for our listeners as well <laughs> spotify, and for ourselves yeah. and for ourselves that we can absolutely that's a it, really yeah.
0: good point so let's yeah. let's do that so we'll make a spotify playlist so if you're listening to this now just click on the like the show notes in the podcast app that you're listening to like if it's spotify or whatever there'll be a link in there for our link tree and that'll take you to all the links that are relevant for the show and one of them will be the, the Spotify playlist for this show yeah. modern classic riffs yeah, um, yeah. let's make a start then let's go mate shall let's I go? yeah yeah, you go, yeah, you, okay. go you go. All right, well I'm going to my first one is a song I really 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 hate <laughs> I've got a few of those on my list <laughs> <Yes. as well. laughs>
1: but if the riff is good the riff is good well, right is thing. You know? exactly
0: so, right. so number one for me recognizing yeah. that it, what I think is is one of the best um, riffs of post millennium music. Yeah. But I hate it, and you yeah. all know I hate it. It's Mister Brightside, yeah, by the Killers, it's- yeah. <laughs> Yeah It's on my list too (laughs) mate It's a fantastic riff It's utterly recognisable It's on your list too Like you said So it must be There you go There's the proof in the pudding But um, I I can't stand it Because I've played it too many times um, And gigged it too many times In weddings But you know Hats off to the guitarist And to the band That is a fantastic riff You could play one bar of that And everyone knows what song it is I think that's that's the proof of it
1: That is That is the proof of it, right? Um, Mm. so I, I dithered between, um, Mr. Bright, because I, I had to, I had to keep it down to a list of 10, right? So, uh, but there are songs that we gig nowadays, right? You and I, where. We may not love the song in of itself. We may not like playing it, but you. Pl- but it's a test. This was the test for me as well as to whether this mm. is a good riff uh, is when you play the first few bars of it, people mm. instantly know and they go nuts, right? Yeah. Um And Mr. Brightside is definitely one of those. And I don't even play it properly because I find the finger stretches <laughs> on it just ridiculous yeah. like, on the upper <laughs> register <laughs> of the guitar. So I kind of cheat my way through it and people still recognise it. Yeah, alright and and and
0: love it. People and, do. People um, really. I mean, and I'm the same. I sometimes make a complete hash of it. Yeah. And people still are going. Ah! I yeah, I think that's yeah. because it's always at the end of the night, and I think there's a yeah. a yeah. large amount of inebriation involved. And but still, everyone always loves it. Well,
1: care. isn't that isn't that the test as well? Then if it if it sits, and how many times have we have we said this with bands we have played in, where we're looking at the set list you know, what what's our encore, or what do we finish with, and people go, oh, it's got to be Mr. Brightside, hasn't it? And how how many times has yeah. that been said, and again, its relative position in the set list because everyone will have had a few drinks and be and be exactly you know up for it by then immediately yeah. kind of tells you, Well, what is it about that song? Is it well, there's a number of things about the song, but the riff certainly contributes to its iconic status yeah. there. So, yeah. Dave Kooning, the main guitarist there in the Killers, and uh, yeah, he kind of favors those kind of Gibson Explorer type guitars, and yeah, and thus that riff. Was born and 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 it and it's, a, and it's a great it's a great riff. It is. <laughs> there's a no, great there's riff. no denying it. There's no denying it.
0: No, it's a good job. It's a good song. I would enjoy it. Like I said, I would enjoy it more if it's not that. Um, you know, my my experience of it is to that I've not enjoyed to play it yeah. rather than anything. You know, I, it's not that I don't like listening to it. It just that it reminds me of having to play it. <laughs> well, do you,
1: do you know what, <laughs> you know what I've I mean? got? I've got. I've I before I gigged the song, I didn't really like it because it, I had massive. Associations with heavily drunk people at the end of the night, just yeah. just going nuts and making a fool of themselves, which says more probably about British pub culture than it than it does the song, really. Um, yeah. But when I then started gigging it and playing it, I kind of had a newfound respect for it and went, actually, you know, it's quite well constructed. It's quite a good little riff. There's some nice little melodies and motifs throughout the song that are going on on guitar. It's it's pretty it's pretty good actually. Mm. Um, you know. So there we go. Okay, that one made it onto both. I'm glad we got that one out of the way (laughs) with Fantastic. It will stand the test of time, you know that. It will. Oh, it yeah, really will.
0: It already has. Know. It already has. It really has, hasn't it? Mm. Right, Mr. Kieran. What is it, um what's yours? What's well, your I'm, first one on your list?
1: Oh, the first one on my list um is I think, yeah, a modern classic. I mean, I don't I wouldn't say I'm I'm desperately in love with this song, but the riff again is iconic and there's something about the guitarist and the way he approaches the guitar. And the tone, the, the kind of visceral tone um, that I find really appealing and kind of mm. enigmatic about about this guitar player and and this this riff as an example of his guitar playing, and that Seven Nation Army um, by the White Stripes, um, it's it's got all of the components that make for a great riff. It's got a gnarly tone. It's got you know the yeah. legend the legend of the guitar that it was played on, which by all accounts was this was. This old battered up, not pawn shop, but kind of hand-me-down semi-acoustic K guitar that was basically falling apart and feeding back like a, like a monstrosity and was set up yeah. slide playing or something. But it's all that, yeah. that, that Jack White could get his hands on and, and afford at the time. And, you know, and he, and he made it work for him. And, and he continued to gig that guitar for many years and write songs on it and play it in the studio. And... Um, <clears throat> And it's an anthemic riff. Uh,
0: oh, unbelievable. Like the, I must say, it's on my list as well. <laughs> is it? We're going to have a lot of duplicates there, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> which is why, which is why I've kind of, I kind of, as long as we get 20 songs, you know, yeah, I've yeah. kind of thought, I'll, I'll make a list of extra so I can kind of Good throw plan. something else in if you say it. But I'm going to be honest and upfront. Yes, I've, I chose that one as well. We're, We're two we, for two like, now. Can't
1: this can't rarely be. happens, right? We've, we this haven't had it happen, happen. Where, we, where we've crossed over with many duplicates before, but oh. maybe. Maybe this That's is right. the one where we basically come up with the same God, list in the same. <laughs> It's going to be a crap conversation, isn't it? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> no, it's not, it's
1: not.
0: Uh, but that is a classic. That yeah. is an absolute classic. Isn't it? Oh, it's just a fantastically, it, it's like a, I don't know, there's something motivational about it. Do you know, like some yes. riffs can kind of like build up your adrenaline. Oh, oh yes. Uh, and you know, it's almost like you imagine if you need, um, uh, you know, songs to kind of work out to. Uh-huh. Like, going to like when we were talking about Eye of the trip. Tiger last week. Yes, right? exactly like that, like yeah. Eye of the Tiger. Like yeah. Seven Nationals. Um, yeah. It's like that. That will yes. get you going. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. That's a yeah. great choice. Well,
1: one of the yeah. um, one of the tests that I applied to this exercise as well as I was kind of whittling down the list. So, like this morning when I was doing the washing up after the kids' breakfast, yeah. I was going through the list in my head, trying to go well, Okay, are these are these great riffs? And it's could I could I. Um, Uh, Repeat the riff In my head Without Mm. any cues Or going to have to Listen to it Or whatever Could I I hum it Like in key And just You know And and this one you can All of of these Pretty much you can Where you go Well that's clearly A great riff then Because it's an earworm It's got into my head And Without even having Listened to the track um, In preparation For this exercise I can still reproduce The lick And hum it Mm. And so You know That's got to be The sign of some Good good writing
0: Isn't it (laughs) Yeah Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so we did Brightside Seven Nation. I'm going to move on to my number two. All right. Um, um, this is uh, for for me. This is important. I mean, this is kind of a very popular song. I think it's a great and simple riff. Yeah. Um, but I love this because uh, this this is a big band from my youth, from oh, my, okay. my late teens, early twenties. Um, they were you know they're still the biggest band in the world now. It's Foo Fighters. Oh, great band. And a lot of my favorite riffs are there are pre-millennials. Things yeah, like Monkey yeah. Wrench. Yeah, um yeah. You know, my hero. Anything really That's from the Shape and stuff. Yeah. But the one that I love for the most post-millennia is Times Like These Ugh. from the One By One album which is just such a great riff not just the rhythm guitar part mm. which is a riff by itself mm. but the lead part that's played over the top yeah. It's a fantastic riff as well
1: it really is and
0: again it's such a great song just in general uh, I think it's the best song on that One By One album although yeah. again the one, the song One By One is very motivational that's another one that will get you moving on the treadmill mm. but yeah Times Like These by the Foo Fighters is my second choice I love that track
1: and I went and looked at all the food stuff as well because it, mm. all of their songs like just because the way Groll approaches guitar from like a drumming rhythmic perspective you, get, you it automatically lends itself to these really great riffs that come out of it because they're kind of like rhythmically driving bits of guitar yeah. kind of composition um, yeah I didn't get a Foo Fighters one that made it onto the list only because I thought a lot of them were pre-millennium but of course that, that isn't um, yeah. so yeah great, great, choice. great choice I think the
0: best riffs a pre-millennium yeah for sure you know yeah. the first three albums they did um which was Foo Fighters A Colour and the Shape mm. and um Nothing Left to Lose I think I think I think that's the first three albums though they were all packed with fantastic mm. riffs mm. you know um but it's pre I've, I've got to say I've got I've got one or two as, as kind of later on as honourable mentions that are yeah. pre-millennia
1: okay just
0: okay. which I think deserve deserve a mention even though they're just beforehand they're close but,
1: enough yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. They're close enough, but I'm yeah. not going to put them on the official list, but I am okay. going to mention, mention cool. them later <laughs> Cool. Nice. <laughs> anyway, moving on. What's your next one? Uh, okay,
1: so next one on my list. These are in no particular order. These are just great, just great riffs. So the next one yeah. is... Um one that when i f- first knew that i was going to be playing this song in a- in a band i was just like oh yeah i know that song that's got i, I kind of remember it's got quite a cool riff and then i went and listened to it and then tried to immediately play it on the guitar i went oh that's going to take a bit of like thinking about this is actually <laughs> quite yeah. and then i was just like oh no 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 this is actually going to take some real thinking about to play it up to speed because whilst in of itself it's not particularly complex mm. it is um, like a repeating motif that you've got to get right and really uh, nicely articulate. Because if you mess it up, it messes up the whole song. It's it's akin to the intro to Sweet Child of Mine, where it's this kind of constantly rotating pattern that kind of shifts within the progression. That mm. if you if you make any one note just like bum, it's going to throw off the whole the whole piece. Um, okay. If that makes sense. But this is a pre millennium one, and it's it's uh, Plug In Baby by um, <gasps> news.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Which is that pre-millennium? No, it's post. It's post. Oh, sorry, post. It's post. Sorry. Yeah, this is post-millennium. Yeah, this is the yeah. post. My post-millennium example of a riff like "Sweet Child of Mine," which has got yeah. that kind of repeating motif yeah. that is really iconic and makes the entire song. Um, yeah. And unlike the "Sweet Child of Mine" intro bit, which is just literally the intro, this in "Plug In Plugin Baby" this repeats at the yeah. end of every chorus, it, and then repeats again like. Twice Mm -hmm. at the end of Mm -hmm. the song to kind of finish off the song and it's um it's one that when i used to gig it and see it coming up next i don't know if you do this when you're like playing i'm sure you do right you're you're kind of getting three quarters of the way through a song so you then you give a quick look down at the set list to see what's coming next so you can get your head in gear for what pedals you need next and what guitar tone you need next and remembering what key the next song is in and just get yourself mentally ready every time i saw this one coming up next i was like equal amounts of cool love this song and got to nail this riff and get it absolutely right because if it's not right it just throws the whole the whole vibe yeah, of the song that
0: is, it's a tough one isn't
1: it it's good once you've got it under your fingers it's 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 like playing the intro of Sweet Child of Mind it's just there it's done yeah. it's easy and you think what was this what was I ever concerned about it's it's simple. Yeah. but there's that brief bit of learning it where you just go oh I, I underestimated for a moment actually this is yeah. going to take a bit of practice but then you get it and then you get great satisfaction and it's a lovely little
0: warm up uh, for the fingers oh for sure yeah that's a great choice man plug it in great riff baby it's great riff muse Same, great band yeah as well. wow You're Matthew Bellamy yeah exactly yeah great guitarist great very guitar. good songwriter they're all fantastic yeah. there's a yeah. hilarious um, video online of Muse this goes to show of the, the excellent sense of humour where they were in Scandinavia somewhere I believe doing right. a TV show around the height of that album you know yeah. uh, when the, you know when that plug-in baby was big and they very quickly realised um, before the TV, live TV show uh, and because they were miming to their own music they very quickly realised <laughs> that nobody knew who they were right on the tv show so to please themselves instead of getting angry about it they thought it was hilarious so to please themselves they each pretended to be other people in the band fantastic so like the drummer pretended to be matt bellamy and said yeah. he was matt bellamy for the yeah. interview yeah and stuff like that and then when they're doing the live performance you'll notice the bassist is playing guitar matt <laughs> bellamy's on drums it's not a live performance <laughs> they're just, <laughs> just yeah exactly they're all just they're just taking it they're going well nobody cares who we are so let's just yeah. have fun yeah. and it's hilarious what them pretend to perform and everyone's like oh fantastic yeah, bad. amuse everyone and they just they just took the mick out of the TV show Amazing. for not knowing just just brilliant it was very funny <laughs> I thought, that's 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 great not taking themselves too seriously in the kind of realising a moment to you know to, to laugh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and enjoy themselves in and, a funny way yeah, but, um, nice. nice I love that right my next one is uh, again this is this is one I so a lot of people might forget this one but I, it's a great riff but again also a really fondly remembered song for me from my kind of, you know, again, late teens, early, early twenties. And it's a song called Just A Day by... Feeder. Do you remember Feeder? Oh, I
1: remember Feeder, I don't know. I don't yeah. think I know Just a Day though. So Just a Day was a, it
0: was a popular music video because the video was made up of lots of people at home in their bedrooms pretending to play the song. Oh,
1: you know, okay. play along
0: with a song, you know, like, right. you know obviously playing along, like, pretending to sing it to cameras and stuff, or you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So the whole video is these people kind of playing pretending to play along with the song. The song's a fantastic track. Um yeah. if you've not heard it before I recommend going listen to it, but it's just punctuated about this really simple kind of riff at the beginning, very right. simple, you know, two or three notes. But it, for me, that is like uh, it just it's it's that signifies a time in my life, just post millennia, yeah. out of school now, kind of you know moving into adulthood, yeah. and you know driving around town, in you know my first car, listening to that quite loudly, just Fede, cool a day by feeding a track.
1: Oh, I love that I'm going well. Wow, as, as often happens on these things, they're, what's <laughs> iconic to one person is new to the other person. So, yeah. Um, that's great I've got something to go away and listen to now um I'm going to picture you driving around in your in your car like going nuts to it
0: in my Fiat Uno Wayne's World style yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool right next what's, what's
1: your next one do? right so the next one for me is uh, well it wouldn't be a list from me would it without um, without a Slash song uh, in there
0: no it so
1: um, but obviously Guns N' Roses haven't written much stuff post millennium now so this is when Slash yeah. was playing with Velvet Revolver which is a great yeah. great band that I had the pleasure of seeing live a bunch of times in the UK and really loved um, what they were doing um, yeah. it Scott Wayland from uh, Stone Temple Pilots was on lead vocals Mm. and brought his own kind of like incredible energy and, and kind of character to the band and Duff was Mm. on bass and and they, they wrote some, some wicked, great tracks, obviously driven by Slash's rock (coughs) um, kind of sensibilities. So the riff for me is, is Slither, which is uh, probably one of the most famous uh, tracks that came out of Velvet Revolver. Probably not that mainstream in terms are well known because I don't I don't think I don't think Velvet Revolver massively crossed over into into kind of pop culture but it did have an MTV MTV music video just at that time and that video was great well produced got a lot of Mm airtime. so maybe people do know this track but for me it's one of those great driving rock riffs that allowed like Slash to continue his career into a new dimension after after Guns N' Roses of course Mm -hmm. he'd done the 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 kind of side project bands like Snake Pit and stuff, which would which in in themselves have got some incredible riffs on some of those albums. Yeah. But that's all that's all pre millennium still. That was all kind of like late nineties. Yeah. That was all late nineties yeah. stuff. So mm-hmm. this is just tipping over now into the new millennium. Mm-hmm. His his new style, um, but still steeped in all of his kind of driving rock grooves and. It's in drop D uh, Classic Kind of Marshall Les Paul Type tone But with some kind of You know Some funky delay And stuff going on in there But you know When we spoke about um, The riffs last time On the on the previous episode And we talked about You know Clever ways in which The riff evolves Within a song But still Kind of drives yeah. The overall song This is a quintessential Example right Of right. one riff Used uh, in, in a certain Kind of like Pitch for the um, Intro That then Mm -hmm. is accented in a different way using octaves in the verse and then is like built on throughout the course of the song and it's pretty much the same riff through the verse, through the chorus, through the underneath the guitar solo and for the outro but it's all variations on the theme of that riff and played in different positions on the neck so from a riff perspective not only is it a great riff and in drop D so it's got this lovely heavy kind of drive behind it but it's also a great example of how you can evolve the same riff and l- make it lend itself throughout the entire song in different ways yet yeah. staying entirely true to the same theme. It's quite a quite an art to do that.
0: That is so true. That. Yeah. You know, uh, you know it, it, it goes to show, I think, you know, experience as well, right? I mean, Slash is a master riff writer for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, to be able to kind of do that with a riff, to come up with something iconic and then to develop it throughout a song that's really something special they were a great band Velvet Revolver and yeah. there was another song yeah. that I think called Fall to Pieces oh, which that was track. that's another great yeah. track another great riff as well it um, is yeah you know, another great anthemic track yeah um, but yeah I haven't got any of their stuff in my list but that is a really good shout out yeah. Velvet Revolver I love the name of the band as well that's yeah, a cool it's name <laughs> it was a cool band <laughs> it it? Roses, yeah. Velvet Revolver is kind of yeah. what's the next band name going to be that slashes in they're going to be something like um, <laughs> Cordroy Ross Rifle. <laughs> God, <you're all> right. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that's amazing. God, you're all right. I really hope it is. Yeah, I'd be really disappointed if it's anything else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Oops. So, Slither, Velvet Revolver. Yeah. We'll have a listen to that. A fantastic track. So, my my next one. Is, um, well, one of my favorite riffs of all time, one of my favorite guitarists of all time, and probably the first album fr- originally from the first album he did this on, which was a live album um, with Steve Jordan and Pino Palladino oh. and it was the John Mayer Trio album. And it's Good Love Is On The Way. <laughs>
1: yes, what a, <laughs> what, a what a tune.
0: What a riff. What
1: a riff. A little yeah.
0: bit of a finger twister. Yeah. Not much of a finger twister, really, once you play it, but it's just a, it's such a fantastic riff. Mm. In A as well, <coughs> in the best of all keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the best it of all. Just so keys. good. Yeah, such a great riff. The key Go that a key that has caused
1: more need for for patched refrets on guitars rather than full refrets yeah. in the history of the history of guitar. Well, I, I,
0: I think it's from, I think it comes from uh, just uh, you know this old men in blues bands that played too loud yeah. over time. Yeah. Somebody's shouting, "What keys this in?" And somebody's gone, eh? "A," and then okay. <laughs> sorry it's a terrible joke it's a terrible joke
1: <laughs> <laughs> always happy with with a song in the key of A though sorry I'm sorry about that man. anyway let's move on oh, I mean <laughs> should we move on we should move on like so I'll go next but honestly the, he's, he's a bit of a swine isn't he and I limited him to one placement in my in my list but
0: there was are you talking about Mr. Mayor I'm Mayer? talking
1: about Mr. Mayor okay. because um, I kind of went well what, what what are the what are the great riffs of post-millennium that kind of stick in my head that I keep listening to mm. that I come back to and that I play on the guitar to yeah. test out the guitar test out the tone that's another thing to tell you is it a great riff where it's something sure. where you go well I, I, I use this as a, as a staple for testing out my guitar tone and my rig setup and stuff because I know how I want it to sound and it's and it's still fun to keep playing time and time again mm. um, and May's riffs they they keep coming back so, so Good Love is definitely one of them I had Neon on, on my List. Yeah. Oh, just because, man, that is just a killer riff that no one can play apart from him. It's got stupid stretches in it. It's got yeah. like rhythmic percussive right hand technique, We're using a, a finger and a thumb rather than like the full extent of all your fingers yeah. on your right hand. But I think
0: it's just that's it. I think if the technique needed to play it wasn't so obnoxious, that's it. Would it. Be one of the best riffs of all time, wouldn't it? it? That's why it got ejected
1: <laughs> off my list. I mean, yeah, fine, I can muddle my way through Mr. Brightside because the stretch is a little bit too much for me, and I just get yeah. lazy with it, and it's fine. And I can approximate it, but yeah. every time I've sat down to learn neon and got it to a certain level where it's about, it's within reach, it's kind of almost there. Even though I've had to change the, the chord inversions and stuff to fit with my less lengthy, more chubbier digits, it then escapes me, and I go, I'm, "I just can't do it. It's just obnoxiously no. difficult. It's just, no. and that's just that's." And then, you, wa-
0: then you watch John Mayer <sighs> play it and explain playing it, and he's like, "I'm just doing this." Yeah, really? I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, you can't. Just say no. that. That is not fun. No. You can't just say, Yeah. I'm just doing
1: this. Yeah. I put I'm putting just my thumb away. here on this fret, and then I'm doing like a five fret stretch with my like index finger over to here. But don't worry about that. that. That's the bit that bit's not important. It's really all about what your right hand's doing and just keeping that. If you can't get the right hand technique down, don't worry about what the left hand's doing. For sure. It's just like I'm worrying about sure. both, John. They're both obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah.
0: Anyway, but what did you choose? Yeah, I didn't choose
1: that because he pissed me off by that point. But <laughs> what I did choose, what I did choose was was Slow Dancing. Oh. Uh I mean, it's, a, it's a lovely song. It's a great track. Um, But <laughs> from a guitarist perspective, right, it's probably the sign of a great riff if it becomes a fundamental way in which to, like, out a particular pickup position on a guitar, right? Yeah. Like, the amount of people after that song, that myself included, that go, I'm going to test out if I like this strat that I'm playing in the guitar shop, or if this strat has got the right tone for me, by going to position number four, and seeing if it gives me that slow dancing in a burning room tone, I mean, like... Yeah. Yeah, he's basically, he basically owns that now, doesn't
0: he? He does, doesn't he? Basically owns it. It's almost, it's it's slow dancing in a burning room, Is an amazing song, amazing intro riff, and a riff generally, obviously, not just an intro riff, but still an amazing riff. But it's almost as forbidden as (laughs) Stirway to Heaven and Smoke on the Water, (laughs) isn't it? To play. I mean, I I completely get it. It's that if I want to test out like a pristine, clean sound through a strap and a loud, clean sound as well, that's important. That is the thing you want to play test your dynamics yeah. you know, using your finger not your pick that's it but if you're doing that in a guitar uh, store you know you're getting daggers from people for sure. whilst you're doing people are going stop playing so, it <laughs> such a cliche it really is <laughs> <laughs> well, but uh, and arguably, why then? It must
1: be a great riff because if it's become such a cliche, because people use it to test their tone, figure out whether the the guitar, or indeed the amp, or even the pedal, is giving them what yeah. they want because it evokes a certain tone and makes you want to play in a certain way, and it is position four on a on a strap then... Mm. Oh, maybe that needs to come off the list because it's equally obnoxious just because he's done that with it. I
0: don't think it's an obnoxious riff. I think guitar players have made it that's right. obnoxious. Yeah, he didn't make right? it obnoxious. I yeah, think there's too you know, there's true. too many people who model themselves on May yeah. playing that song yeah. at parties to try and get tension of the of the ladies. Right? Oh, right. I think the part of it is that there's something about that song which is kind of... Sleazy. You know, <laughs> sleazy, exactly. <laughs>
1: But John May is sleazy, yeah.
0: You know, John. Yeah, of course he is, especially around that time. Yeah. I mean, Continuum may be the best album of, of post millennia for for that style of music, but um, there was there was something late two thousands. I think when his ego was at the highest, there was something yeah. sleazy, which is about saying it. something, because the baseline right. of it was pretty high already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh brilliant That's a good choice I'm not hating on John Mayer I'm not
1: hating on him I love him I listen to his stuff all the time and his tone and everything he's just one of my most inspirational influences ever
0: I I love him I think he's incredible but I agree entirely one of my favourites too There you go Um, But um, cool Right my next one this is another personal one I don't think anyone's going to know this one but I hope people go away and listen to it and and realise you know a little bit of you know interested music from someone who you probably know Right. and this is a guy called Donald Bramall oh on second yes so you know he's he's been playing alongside Clapton for many years now yeah, as, a set, as a second guitarist he's a very prolific songwriter himself he's produced people like uh, Cheryl Crow mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. you know he's, he's a very very interesting guitarist interesting in way he plays as well like few like like Albert King did mm-hmm. um, and, and like people like Eric Gales do yep. he plays left handed but he hasn't restrung the guitar mm-hmm. for left handed you know so the, the strings are the wrong way around interestingly he's not left handed no. he's right-handed huh he is a right-handed person like i, I realized this in an interview i didn't know but to him he said it always felt natural because he's right-handed right to him it feels natural to have his strong hand on the fretboard okay not on not at the picking hand right so he just flipped the guitar up and learned the other way around. but he's not left-handed
1: i thought he was left-handed there you go
0: i so did i but he yeah it's very <laughs> not interesting That's confusing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless it's from also watching right-handed guitarists on TV yeah. and mirroring them Yeah. almost makes it feel, you know, anyway. But yeah. Doyle Bramhall, um, the first time I ever saw him was me and my dad went to see Clapton in Manchester in 2001, um, and Doyle Bramhall was supporting Clapton on the tour. That's yeah. when Clapton first discovered him. right? And it, it was Doyle Bramhall II and Smokestack, which was his band, yeah. which was a couple of guys um, uh, in the band, but the drummer was, um, I can't remember his name now jj johnson he went on to be john mayer's oh, drummer Oh yeah! so jj yeah. johnson was the drummer so it's really great to see those guys but um that night i bought bramwell's album in the merch stand mm. um called smokestack it was his second album and the first track is a song called green light girl mm-hmm. which is just a killer blues rock track really fast mm-hmm. and it opens up with this fantastic riff um so that for me is one of my favorite post-millennium Two thousand and one. So just you know, just sneaking into the into the time frame that we're looking at, but Green Light Girl by Donald Bramall II and Smokestack, um, from the album Smokestack. That album's just fantastic guitar album, by the way, as you'd expect from a guitarist like him. Oh,
1: that's my weekend um, sorted, man. Yeah, he's just such a tasteful player. And you know, he he's toured and he's been Clapton's right hand man as well for a number of gigs, and yeah, he's just exactly. he's got a vibe for sure, and you know, yeah, yeah. amazing.
0: Clapton's right hand Hand, left-hand playing, <laughs> but right-handed guitarist man. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> for many, but that that, that puts me uh, two, three, four. That's halfway for me. Yeah. That's my first five reps, and uh, and uh, that's a that's a good list. Some good listening there for some people there. But anyway, before we turn this into a tour de force of extreme length. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's blast on through the next one. let let's blast
1: let's blast right here we go is it me next it is isn't it it's you next right, right? mate um, so I've got another one which um, taps into the uh, motivational kind of energy thing that you've spoken about you've mentioned oh, yeah. like gym tracks or kind of like driving tracks so this one definitely fits squarely in that for me and that is Queens of the Stone Age no one knows uh, which is <gasps> just this side of the millennium and Josh Home just <laughs> Amazing, just it's just yeah, it's a vibe that the whole song and that riff is just awesome.
0: Well, that's the first because that was next on my was list it? as well. It was ne- not just was it on my list; it was also next on my list.
1: Amazing. There you go. How cool! Is this not? is it, man. We're thinking alike.
0: <laughs> yeah, what a track! What a track! <laughs> It is a great track, very motivational, like you say, and the drumming oh. in it, as good, as good and simple as the riff is in the guitar yeah. sound, the drumming, Dave Grohl's drumming. I know, it's just...
1: I know, oh, it's legendary, so all good. the way around the kit, it's <laughs> every time.
0: <laughs> awesome choice, man, right, so, yeah, so, oh, sorry, what was it called, a No One no Knows? No One Knows, yeah, amazing, played
1: on an Ovation Ultra Ovation's rare, really? rare foray into solid body guitars in the in wow, the in eighties. In the eighties, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You wow. remember remember Ovation in the eighties with the big kind of round uh, kind of yeah plastic the round backs. Back guitars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, Harley Benton still make a lot of round back guitars. Did you know that? There you go. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You <laughs> Just to show you what I've been looking at to spend my birthday on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've been on Tomad recently, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, next one for me. Yeah. And I think this is an obvious one, but I love this song so much. I love this band. Oh. Um and the song is I believe in a thing called Love by the Darkness.
1: It's number ten on my list too. Is it really? <laughs> I've just disappeared down a deep, deep darkness hole <laughs> in the last twenty four well, hours. What are you doing in your own time? <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Okay. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> They are great. Oh. One of my favourite tracks of those is quite a recent track called uh, Last of Our Kind, right. by the way, which is not really a riff at all, but it's a great song. It's got a good guitar solo. Yeah. Like. You should check out that one from one of the more recent albums of recent years. Um But yes, uh, going back to the list. So modern classic guitar, if I Believe in a Thing Called Love. Everyone knows it. You're all <sighs> listening to this podcast now and that riff is appearing in your head. You don't need to go, I don't know that one. <laughs>
1: you know it oh for sure you know it man and what a great yeah. choice um, I, this all one almost escaped my list right I was I I had, I was up to my nine and then mm-hmm. I was just going through Spotify going through stuff and I went oh my god hold on a minute I've missed this and then it, I went back to that album Permission to Land with the Darkness like seminal album multi-platinum album and then remembered all the tracks on it Black Shuck is another track which has got the most <laughs> rudest <laughs> riff in it that you can imagine it's like AC DC the on steroids on oh, you oh mate sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no it's good it's good it doesn't matter I couldn't, I couldn't decide between the two of them and I literally went for that yeah. but then and I kept going with the darkness man that, that track Love is Only a Feeling is not from a necessarily a riff perspective but just from a composition and arrangement mm. perspective and all the dynamics that song goes through is just wizardry
0: um, it's absolutely superb oh that
1: so superb. and then if that wasn't enough, they're probably the only band in recent times, recent inverted commas, Mm. that I think has genuinely made a brilliant and sustained entrance into the Christmas anthems songs. Like, For sure. No one does that Absolutely. anymore. Absolutely. Who's Nobody done that? does it
0: anymore. Some people try to do it with really contrived music yeah. that, yeah, sticks around maybe on some compilation yeah. albums. Yeah. That you just kind of listen to a Christmas and go, you know, well that's terrible. That's not going to be ever a Christmas classic, but I guess you're going to hear it occasionally. Like, like something by, was it Destiny's Child did, did a Christmas song? Oh, did they? It was just terrible. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, But still, yeah, that Christmas song they did. It's, it's um, brilliant. Don't let the bells end. Oh, I mean, it's got the video Christmas right. It's got in, the
1: right. hook right. It's got the, the bells in it. It's It has it, it's, become an ongoing... I mean, you know. Yeah.
0: One of the best. One of the best Christmas songs ever. Maybe that's a future episode.
1: Think, Guitarist... Uh, Christmas songs for guitarists. Oh, that's an oh, episode we need to do in a few
0: months. That is an episode we need to do. Mm, that's it. It's time is coming. Remember forward. that. Well,
1: that There's another Spotify playlist, right? We'll, 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 we'll hold back on the, <laughs> on the, Christmas, on the Christmas segue. Because one too early, but that's that's a whole episode. But yes, mate. Oh, I believe I believe in the thing called love and the darkness in general, particularly that permission to land album. Oh man!
0: Wow!
1: Absolutely! Wow!
0: Um. So, so next is you. You're next, mate.
1: Right? Okay. Uh, I have got one, two. I've got three left. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna do I'm gonna do two quickly for the sake of time, and then I'm gonna go to you, and then because I'm gonna hold my last one because it's a complete wild card. Uh. Right. So, uh, my next one is because I always like to include a bluesy one and because I, and because, and because I bash this guy a lot, right? And, and actually he does write some great riffs.
0: So which, which Joe Bonamassa song is it?
1: (laughs) It's the ballad of John Henry by Mr. John Bonamassa, (laughs) who is not even arguably, who is one of the world's greatest guitarists now and, and forever, but. He keeps buying all the expensive Les Pauls, and yep. that makes him irritating in my world. Not only Les Pauls, he keeps <laughs> buying everything, and it's only because I'm jealous that I can't buy everything like he can. Oh, yeah, and the fact that I'm not even one fifty seventh the player that he is—that I—that I, that I like to pick on him for no good reason, yeah. which which is not cool, kids. Um, I know. But he is—he is an incredible player with incredible tone and knowledge and facility around the guitar. And he can write a bloody great riff, and the ballad of John Henry is one such fine example of his craftsmanship mm-hmm. so all credit to you uh mr Bosser
0: i think he's you know, i think he's matured into a really really excellent artist yeah. fantastic um What's the word? Ambassador for blues music as well. Mm. You know, him and Josh Smith are starting to produce a lot of great albums as well for other artists that that are getting a hell of a career push because of his kind of say. So, you know, he's turning into, he's almost turning into a modern day BB King, you know, somebody who's yeah. becoming a champion for people yeah. who, a lot of people are really looking up to him. And I really like that about Joe Bonham because he's had that through his career and he's not, yeah. you know, if you'd kind of watch any of his interviews or, Documentaries that he's done recently about his career. He's had a tough time for a long time. Mm. Really struggling. A lot of his career, he's he's not done well. Mm-hmm. You know, both financially and kind of critically. Right. It's only in recent years when he took things like the Royal Albert Hall. You remember the I Royal do. Albert Hall game he did in like late two thousands, yeah. where he had Clapton and stuff. That yeah. was basically the last punt of the really. You know, of the, the ball. You know, he said in an interview once said that was the rest of the money they had in the business and everything that they could borrow to put that show no on. Way. And to, uh, you know, and he said, and they said, if, if, if it didn't do, if it didn't kick off his career doing that Albert Hall gig, um, that was it no, basically. No. It was kind of bank it bankrupt them. Um, but it did, it kicked everything off Clapton, you know, he basically got the seal of approval from Clapton because yeah. Clapton came and did the show. Oh, I
1: remember it's a great American
0: he was British because it was like, Oh, who's this Joe Bonamassa guy from the UK <laughs> gigging in the Albert Hall. Right. You know, so it was kind of like he had his own version of the British blues invasion yeah. in the U S because, you know, so that is, it's, it's been a real kind of rise his career is actually a really interesting story so I don't I don't necessarily I know he buys all the expensive guitars but <laughs> at least he gigs them he you does. know what I mean he, he does he buys these things that people would mothball and put in bank vaults yeah. and he takes them on tour yeah and plays them he does and he plays them properly yeah. you know he, he beats the life out of them oh,
1: he does and his knowledge his knowledge his knowledge on the guitar yeah. is phenomenal just, not in, just in terms of his playing which is obviously incredible but about tone and about yeah like, Guitar, like just curation and manufacture, and he just knows everything, man. He's just like encyclopedic, encyclopedic. Um, but I hadn't, I hadn't appreciated that at all about his career and the ups and downs of it. And um, yeah, God, newfound respect. So there you go. Bonamassa has made Fantastic. it to the list. Um, the other one that I'm going to do uh, briefly is. <clears throat> I didn't actually know who the band were behind this riff and I kept hearing it everywhere. I kept hearing it on social media platforms. I kept hearing it on adverts. I kept hearing it in supermarkets and and I kept hearing this riff and going, well, who is this? It is like a gnarly, dirty, sleazy, bluesy riff that has now somehow managed to earworm itself into all manner of popular culture from, from lifts. To like football stadiums, It's and I was just like, "What is this?" And so, obviously, uh, Shazam helped me out and told me that it was obviously an incredibly famous band, and that I was living in a rock uh, cave somewhere. And it's the Arctic Monkeys, and Ooh. and the track is called "Do I Want to Know?" Right? Uh, Arctic Monkeys, people know, right? They're you know, you look good on the dance floor, all of that. Great, yeah. great British band. Great driving anthems. Great drummer. Um, in fact, I think their drummer went. And did some of the some stuff with Queens of the Stone Age. Have I remembered that right, or have I remembered that wrong? Anyway, that's an aside. Um, mm. This this to me sums up that great riff writing is still alive and well in this mm. day and age. If you don't know this track, um, go go and listen to it, and it and it is it is awesome. It's a great it's a great riff. It's a great riff.
0: I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, man.
1: I Do I want to know? By the I Arctic Monkeys. You probably even heard Fantastic. it. You'll play it. You'll play the track, and you'll go, ah, that's oh, that's who this yeah, is. I didn't lift
0: somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. I ah, so. It's it deserves to be played more than a lift but yeah I will definitely check them out they've got a lot of good riffs Bay Arctic Bay Monkeys F. to be fair um, they are a great band and I was chatting about this to my wife earlier on when we were I was asking her for some ideas as well for this and yeah. she mentioned Arctic Monkeys I don't think I don't know if it was this one she mentioned but yeah they've got they've just got you know the great riff writing yeah. again like you say riff great riff writing is absolutely alive and well yeah. still yeah. This day and it's not all you know um, Led Zeppelin it's not all Led Zeppelin yeah <laughs> <laughs> Led Zeppelin, Stroke, Great Von Fleet, same band. How yeah. many kind of people say they're the same band? But anyway... <laughs> Oh, man, I've just got one more left, and but you got a couple. I've got a few, I'm going to quickly go through the the, the last few that I've got on my list, and right. then I want to just point out a couple of honorable mentions which sure. I'll stick on the playlist as well, just for fun. Yeah, great. Uh, but the next one was going to be Black Shook um, oh, from, from The Darkness from Permission to Land. So I believe oh. in Think All love and Black Shook from the same album, yeah. but again, like exactly like you said, that album, Permission to Land from 2003 yep. is just from top to bottom is fantastic guitar riffs. Yes. it is a superb <clears throat> as well as being a hilarious album because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the darkness are uh, and were and still are a hilarious band you know they they got it well I say they've got a sense of humour they're not a parody of something but no. they've got a sense of humour that they like to you know use and yeah just such a great album but Black Shook um, but the next one is probably my bluesy one as well um, yeah and um back in kind of the late 2000s the Derek trucks band disbanded and they fought and and then he went on a couple of years later to form the tedeschi trucks band and their first album revelator has got a song on it called learn how to love you yeah which is a super bluesy riff it's in drop d um i think i think his guitar is completely dropped down a tone, so it's not just drop d the whole guitar is dropped Mm -hmm. down Mm -hmm. to open d D, and he's playing this super bluesy riff and it's learn how to love you it's fantastic Really great, and then my last one um, is, and this is a band that I've always loved, um, Stereophonics. Oh, yeah, Um, great band. And actually, there's, there's two. One of them was one of the ones I, I wanted to put on this list. Um, suggestion from my dad, actually, called yeah. Dakota It's a great song. Yeah, and it is a good riff, but it's almost too simple a riff. Yeah. Um, but the one that I've chosen is an album track that I don't think they ever released as a sing- single from the album "Jeep," um, mm-hmm. which is just enough education to perform from 2001. Yep. Yeah. It's the opening track. It's a song called "Vegas Two Times." Oh yeah, and yeah, I know that track. Rocking, yeah, yeah. really rocking riff, really it good, is. you know. Um, and and yeah, other than. Some some other honourable mentions. That's that's pretty much my list of stuff. So a lot of personal stuff there, not necessarily obvious things, but yeah. What about, good what about you? What are your last last few or last one? Well, my last. My, well, <clears throat> there is one that um, I
1: kept coming back to that didn't make it onto the final list, but I had the pleasure of watching this artist open up for Guns and Roses this year, and mm. um, I've, I've I've listened to them for a number of years now and, and loved their songwriting and guitar playing style and their vocal approach to. To to kind of the blues, um, and and gone. Yeah, this is a great artist. But when this song came on in that big stadium with that, with his band, and you know, just the most stunning charcoal flame top ES335 by Gibson it was just the most stunning uh, 335 that I've ever seen and it's like translucent black charcoal with this incredible flame on it um, and this riff came on at that decibel level every fibre in my body could just fit, you know when you can just feel it in the pit of your stomach and okay I'd had a few beers and I was rather excited but literally <laughs> I, I, I remember at that moment just all the hairs standing up on 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 everywhere and and just thinking this is a guttural riff but it, the reason it didn't make the list having said all of that is because it's almost too simple and it's almost not even a riff it's like the space around what he plays and it's just the groove yeah. so it's Gary Clark Jr and it's a song called Bright Lights and wow, yeah and I didn't make it because I, I kind of couldn't really keep it in my head like the riff itself because it's almost not a riff it's like it's just a, it's a vibe and it's a and it's a groove the, the riff almost uh, yeah. gets lost in the whole groove groove of the song but it's just mm. so again that trance-like it's almost, almost trance-like like, that's a that's it Yeah, that's it Matt exactly that
0: I, I know exactly the song because I think the first time I heard it is when Gary Clark Jr. did he was when he first did the uh, Crossroads guitar yes, festival yes he played that one at Crossroads and he was yeah. playing with Doyle and that was one of the big songs that was the song I think that got onto the Crossroads yeah. album yeah. um uh, of, of tracks that were played on the King and that's yeah and he's a great Great artist, fantastic modern day blues guitarist. Your know, blues rock—you I mean, can't really pigeonhole him. He's just a fantastic artist. He—he he? He really
1: is. And you know what? As much as I loved watching Guns and Roses, and they were phenomenal. Um, yeah. Uh, when I went and watched them, it was all my childhood fantasies. You know, come 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 to life. He yeah. was probably my standout artist that I've seen live in 2022 thus far. His playing, his tone, mm. just was phenomenal that day absolutely phenomenal so that was my honorable mention Fantastic. that didn't quite make it onto the list but we've we've mentioned it so it'll be in the in the playlist my last one is, yeah. uh, goes back to something that you said, M- Matt, earlier in the, in this conversation, which made me go, yeah, we're thinking in the same line. So do you remember you mentioned like this kind of motivational, put it on to go to the gym, kind of get, yeah. your, get your head yeah. in gear kind of thing, right? So <laughs> yes. so my, my final riff is squarely sits in that category. In fact, so much so that when I'm about to go and like deliver a, a presentation or a like piece of work in, in my works setting to quite a number of people like there are instances in my in my work where I've had to you know stand up in front of a good few hundred people at a time and and and, yeah. and present to them for a, a length of time like I don't I don't mind speaking in public but it's you know it's always a kind of moment to focus and concentrate right and, and get you get your head in gear of I put this song on in my headphones and I listen to it just a few minutes before I go on so that's something I've done for, a, for a not, long I time. thought
0: you were going to say it was your walkout music or something like that <laughs> i have had been on stairs like, Yo, you
1: know, like and and <laughs> and to build on that then when I got to the point where I was able to then pick out my own walkout music to walk up on stage <laughs> to this one when, whenever they ask me would you like some walkout music what, what, what walkout music do you want um, most of the time because they know I'm a guitar player they they they'd choose Layla but if they ask me what I would like as my walkout music i choose this one and they always go really and then they go oh yeah great riff right so even the sound engineers kind of go yeah that's a great one now this shouldn't be a motivational song because of the context of the song and the, 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 oh, okay. the reason behind it because the whole context of this song is literally about somebody who's just so anxious and nervous that they they're about to throw up. So it's kind of like the worst <laughs> song to kind of put yourself in that right mindset because it's literally the whole song is about don't screw this up because too much is riding on it. But that's not how yeah. I interpret it because the riff just gets me like Got pumped it. up, yeah. right? So that shows you how powerful this riff is. And the other reason it made my list and it's my wild card is because it's not a rock song or one that you'd normally associate with any guitarists. Oh. riff list
0: okay but right
1: so well, how about that for a build-up that's a lot I, I may have over egged this one a little bit <laughs> but i don't know i'm it's, excited it's a great riff it's a great riff so it is lose yourself by eminem and the the, the the riff within that yes it's just a it's just a whole mood in itself <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah. probably the greatest riff on my modern riffs list is not like... It's, it's a, a
0: loop of a riff, yeah. isn't it? It's like a yeah. loop they've used a sample. But yeah. it is a great riff, man. That is great. I mean, yeah. I can kind of feel it now. But, uh, 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 and you've progressed from listening to this yeah. by yourself yeah. in the bathroom, probably, yeah. like pumping up yeah. like Eminem did before he's... Exactly. that battle, ...to walking onto it. And the next is yeah. going to be, you're going to be rapping it. You're, you're going to be getting <laughs> up on that stage. No one needs to. Uh, and you're going to be wrapping it and then mic drop. <laughs> And then do your talk about you know, business yeah. numbers and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah,
1: can you imagine? I think that might be a step <laughs> too far. That would just, yeah, get people to throw fruit at me or something. But I mean, it is pretty, yeah, it's pretty audacious to, to even walk up to that music. But everyone loves it. Uh, this is uh, fantastic. I mean, it was played by a guy called Jeff Bass, who's the guitarist who's worked with Eminem. Jeff Bass I don't know, what was an, the I don't know, what an and guitarist. And Robert, guitarist, was on Bassist, bass. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bob channel on drums, <laughs> <laughs> and Tom yeah. oh, Tom flute on keyboards. <coughs> um, Tom flute. But yeah, I mean, this guy used to be signed to Quincy Jones's record label and stuff. So he's he's a he's a pretty, yeah. he's been in the he's been in the game a long time. But uh, yeah. yeah, and that song won an Oscar for best original yeah, it, yeah best original song um, yeah. in two thousand and three. It actually won an Oscar, and arguably, yeah. I would say it won an Oscar for its riff.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think th- that's definitely the thing that builds the tension. Yeah, yeah. that little. You know, it's the fifth. It's the tension between yeah. the root and the fifth mm-hmm. and the root and the flat sixth. Oh! In, in between. So there you go. You've got a Rick Beato on me. Uh, which. Uh.
1: <laughs> I, I love and, and also kind of get very intimidated by, but there you go. <laughs> That's a whole different conversation.
0: That is, yeah. Like that. Oh, yeah. dear. Well, I, I'm, I'm done with my list as well. I've got, um, do you know what I found? I just want to quickly talk about the thing that I found difficult is when I think of a lot of my favorite riffs mm. from more modern times. Yeah. Most of my favorite ones fall between about 1994 and 99. Yeah. So there's a lot of yeah. stuff that I really love that isn't getting a mention. Yeah. Things from, you know, it's also particularly cause I, you know, come from the Northwest of England. There's mm. a lot of bands from that area that I really love, like mm. the Verve and Oasis oh, yeah. and the Storm Roses that just have superb riffs in their music. You know, a lot of Oasis early Oasis. stuff like Supersonic, oh, you know, um, some might say yeah. things like that. Yeah. Great riffs, great songs that, that don't get on this list. Good shout, But for mate. me, shout. the best riff of that time, the one that I love the most is you remember the Storm Roses, obviously I from do. early 1990s, probably the original kind of nineties indie band. Yeah. Um, their guitarist John Squire was a fantastic guitarist, mm-hmm. still is, he just doesn't really play very much anymore. But um, he left the Storm Roses and formed a band called The Seahorses, yeah. And they mm-hmm. had a hit with a song called Love is the Law, yes. Which is just you gotta that is just such an incredible guitar riff, yeah, absolutely monstrous guitar riff. And you know, he's a modern day Jimmy Page, that guy for sure, very innovative yeah. guitarist, doesn't get spoken about enough at all. But um, that was that was one I wanted to mention because it didn't fall in the time frame, I just thought it has to be. To be mentioned, "Love Is the Law" by the Seahorses. I will put it on the playlist, as Please. I will you know, put your honourable mention on <laughs> yeah, there as well. And
1: yeah, dude, um, man, yeah. it's a cracking playlist. A, there are some new yeah, ones. It's a great playlist, uh, yeah. but quite a few places where we actually found like overlap this time, which is which yeah. is, says something. I think I, I don't know it what, does. but it says something. It
0: does. Well, you know, we're <laughs> of the same
1: generation. you know, many of The forties. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, we're a self-selecting audio, a self-selecting judging panel. On this, really, aren't we? Because we're kind of from the from the same mould. It would be interesting to see to see what a twenty five year old would say with the greatest riffs post millennium.
0: Yeah, exactly. Probably very different. What's a riff? (laughs) You know, boomer music.
1: So stop asking me questions. You're triggering me. (laughs) (laughs) Just ask a question. It's not a test. Yeah, I know. You I may use the incorrect pronoun when referring to them and then just end up in litigation. It's a minefield. It's a minefield. Well, it, it is a minefield, isn't
0: it? Yeah. yeah. I'm probably going to cut yeah. that
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut no, it out. No. Don't cut it out. I think no, it takes no, it no, up to the line. No, no. I didn't say anything that bad. No,
0: exactly. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> alright mate that was a cracking chat really enjoyed that it. thank you for, for your company for this last hour and a half it's been fantastic pleasure, my friend. The pleasure
1: is all mine and happy birthday to you for thank what you. I hope will be one of your finest years
0: but uh, yeah I, I'm sure it will I'm feeling good I'm about sure it. you should yeah brilliant <laughs> awesome dude well you know, all the best to you mate have a cracking thank weekend you. I'll speak to you next week as well and, uh, all cheers the best, mate. speak to you soon bye, bye. take care bud Thanks so much for listening. Great conversation again. If you like what you hear, then remember, there are 63 other episodes going back almost two years that you can check out. Go and enjoy them. Anyway, best wishes. See you next time on Guitar Smarts Podcast.